Morning. How are you doing today? Beautiful day. What about this weather? Stuff can't make up its mind. I know a few people like that. You know anybody like that? And how about our corn prices? I wish I could raise some corn. Well, what about that bag of corn right there? Oh, this? No, well, this is just, I just carry this around to look the part. I, this isn't, I can't raise this. Look what part? The part of the farmer. Don't I look the farmer part? Well, don't you have some ground? Yeah, I actually have got, I got to think now. I inherited about, about three acres. It's really nice looking ground, but it's, I can't raise any corn. Well, you've got the exact amount of corn to plant three acres right there. Really? Three acres of corn? Well, so to tell you the truth, I, I've tried planting corn, and I don't, I don't like to share. I've, I've, got, I've tried planting. This corn won't grow. Okay, I've got, I've got some, I don't know, half a dozen seeds, maybe five or six seeds, and I planted them every day. It was, oh, it was a while ago. I planted them every day for weeks, and they never grew. What do you mean they never grew? Well, just so I said, I planted them in the morning. I go out to my field, and I plant. I don't want to plant the whole bag. I planted a few seeds, and then I dig them up that night to check on them, and they look exactly the same. So I did that again, and I did it over a span. Don't look at me. I did it over a span of probably three weeks. I did that every day, and those seeds never grew. I just want to make sure I didn't hit the timing wrong. I planted them. I dig, so I just dig them up. I'd plant them again the next day. What do you mean you dig them up every night? Well, I don't want to leave them. They're not changing. I'll plant them the next day. I don't, what if I hit the window wrong? If I planted them in the wrong window, so I just planted them every day, and then at night, after work, I'd go out and I'd dig them up, and they never changed. So this is just more of a look. It's not really, I mean, this won't actually grow. Well, I don't know exactly how it works, but you can't plant your seeds and dig them up every night. You have to plant them and let the Lord give them what they need to grow, and then it'll produce a harvest. You don't dig them up every night. Just plant them. Just give it time, and they will grow. Thank you, Todd. Let's give Todd a round of applause. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Rock. So, obviously no one has a bag of seed corn with the intention of carrying it around. My original idea for our skit was to do it in pickups, but we didn't have a big enough stage, and I would just have a pallet of seed in my truck, but that was too, it was, and I don't have a film crew, so we did it with a bag of seed. Now, like I said, good morning. Welcome to the family room of The Rock. My intention for this morning is to preach and share with you about a, a story that you're very familiar with, a story that I've shared on several times, but I want to draw some attention to a bag of seed corn. And the whole purpose of the skit this morning, I want us to think about it after today. You know, this next three weeks to six weeks to a few months, every single person in this room is going to see corn planters and bean planters. You're going to see them out, right? Some of you have already seen them out. And I want to encourage you every time you see one to think back on this morning. So burn this into your memory this morning. This morning's teaching is the first of many entitled Spring Planting and I'm excited about it. If you've got your Bibles with you this morning, we're going to start. We're going to read a passage of Scripture. It's a little bit of a longer chunk of Scripture. We're going to read it, and then we're going to start unpacking it. If you've got your Bible, turn to Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. All right. I'm going to read. You guys can follow along on the screen or in your Bibles. <clears throat> and again, he, being Jesus, began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat, and he sat, he sat on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. 
And he taught them many things by parables and said this to them in his teaching. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on the stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it scorched because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on the good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. And then he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him and said, Ask him about the parable. He said unto them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are on the outside all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Verse 13, And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? Verse 14, The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside, where the word is sown, that when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on the stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, so they endure for only a time. And afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns, They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on the good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this morning, the opportunity that we have to take some very, very simple truths that you've shown us in the Word of God and apply them into our lives, that we get to see your heart for us, that by grace you have provided us with all the seed that we need. Thank you, Father, that by faith we have the opportunity to sow the seed. And Lord, I just thank you that you are faithful, that you who began a good work in us will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Thank you that you tend to your seed just as Oh, we'll read that verse. But Father, I just thank you so much for loving us, for being here with us, for being in our presence this morning, in our midst, that we get the opportunity to worship the name of Jesus and exalt the Lord of lords and the King of kings above every circumstance, every situation, every difficulty, and every good thing in our lives. We exalt the name of Jesus above that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, If you're following along in your Bible, you're not going to need it for a lot of different verses this morning. We're basically going to look at one verse. This is kind of going to be an overview. we got a few weeks that we're going to, uh, several weeks, we're going to look at each of the different soil types of this parable. So for those of you that don't know, this is my favorite chapter in the Bible. And there's a lot of really good chapters in the Bible, but I love this. i got to qualify that. It's my favorite with regards to living this life with the Word of God. There's lots of, I have lots of favorites. But this is one of my absolute, this is where my knee jerk, when I see life, when I experience life, I, I go back to this passage of scripture. This passage of scripture, the Lord has used several different teachers, and obviously the best one being the Holy Spirit to help me understand and explain in my heart this parable. Mark 4, verse 14 reads, the sower sows the word. That's the verse that we're going to focus on this morning, and like I said, it's going to be a rough overview. As, to, as you saw in our little skit this morning, Todd and I were talking about seed corn. We were talking about planting seed corn. Now, a few things. How much does anyone think, and I know there's some farmers in here, so you guys are kind of cheaters, but what do you think this bag of seed corn is worth? Roughly, just give me a ballpark. Between $175 and $325, roughly, depending on what all things you get with it. So it's not a cheap bag of seed. So if I was to give everyone in this room this bag of seed, it would be a good day. I mean, it would be difficult to market them on a onesie-twosie basis, but it would be, there's value in here. Can we all agree on that? Now, this one bag of seed corn is approximately 80,000 seeds, 
or maybe it's exactly 80,000 seeds, I'm not sure, uh, at a rate of 26,500 seeds per acre, you could plant roughly three acres per bag, just as Todd was sharing in our skit. So we've all been given three acres of soil. Jesus explained in the parable of the sower and the seed, where does the sower sow the word? Into our hearts. Our hearts are the soil that the word is sown into. We've all been given just enough soil for an entire bag of seed. Every single person in here has a perfect amount of soil. So if you could plant roughly three acres per bag, those acres could yield a potential of 160 to 220 bushels per acre. They could be less than that, and it could be more than that. We're just looking at a rough, just a ballpark, 160 to 220 bushels per acre. 480 to 660 total bushels of corn yield. Is everyone following? This is not math class or ag class, but I want to talk about some. There's, there's something in this that I want us all to see, and I want to stop and think about this. I encourage you all, if you're daydreaming off, like, I don't really care about planting corn, just stay with me. I, this, just please stay with me. So 480 to 660 total bushels yielded, that's a yield potential, if sold this fall at Friday's closing new crop cost of five eighteen a bushel, that's a gross revenue of twenty four hundred to thirty four hundred dollars. That's like pretty good on three hundred bucks. Is there anybody in this room that wouldn't do that deal? Give me three hundred bucks, I'll give you this bag of corn, and by fall you'll have thirty four hundred dollars. That's how people interpret agriculture, just to be, no one does the rest of the equation. And for the purpose of this morning, we're not going to look into the rest of the equation. There's a lot more, there's many factors and inputs that affect these numbers in this range, but like I said, who would not exchange 300 for 3,000? That's a pretty good ROI. Now, obviously, like I said, don't throw anything at me. I, I have a calculator and I'm aware there's a lot more inputs. I actually do this. Very small scale, but I do this. So I understand there's a lot more inputs in it. But the, you know, the fact is, well, let's just talk about the inputs. We're just going to get this out of the way because you're all sitting there thinking like, how much could the rest of this cost though? If it's going to cost me four grand, then no, I don't want to do the deal, right? Everyone's thinking that. We're all entrepreneurs. We're like, that's a good deal if there's not a bunch of expenses. What are the other expenses? We got land cost. You either got to buy it, and in which case you're making your payment on it, you're paying taxes, you're paying whatever, or it's paid for, but you still got to pay taxes on it, or you're renting the ground. What are some other costs? Anybody just throw them out? Fuel, which is an, a variable. It's always changing, but it's always there. What's some other ones? Fertilizer. That's a pretty big cost these days to fertilize this to make it grow. What's another one? Equipment. That's, another, that's, a, that's also fluctuating. In that, that spectrum, you think 175 to 350 is a big, it's like a massive spectrum. You can spend as much as you want on equipment. And I'm trying to prove that you can also spend as little as you want. <laughs> so what's another cost? Labor. And we got one more rough, I mean, the rough one to figure in is like if you're going to use any kind of herbicide. So we got all these costs but do you know what? This is what's amazing. You can take any of those variables and virtually eliminate them, and you can still raise a crop. You can, if fertilizer is important, you can raise a crop without fertilizer. Equipment is important, you can raise a crop without equipment. Labor is tough to get rid of because there's a planting process that happens. Herbicides, you can raise a crop without the two things that you absolutely cannot raise corn without is the seed and the soil. You can have a three-acre plot. You can fertilize it. You can have the best of equipment. You can be renting the most expensive ground. You can have your high-dollar fertilizer and high-dollar chemical used. How much are you going to raise? Nothing without seed. You must have seed. The world tells us today that we have to care for ourselves. What's, you matter, and we do. And the world, there's a big kick right now on take care of yourself. 
Find every different additive you can add to your life, and they're all got to be organic and natural, and your life will be, your soil will be, go to all the sessions of yoga and everything you can do. Make your, just get your mind at peace and breathe natural air and spend less screen time. All those things are good. You can have a beautiful plot of dirt. If there's no seed planted, it will not bring a harvest won't do it. Absolutely won't do it. So, we all think 300 for 3,000 would be a good exchange. Where I lose most people is we don't have a stomach for the massive investment on the front end, the varying input costs, and all the risk and time to make this conversion. Because as you see, what Todd and I were talking about with planting, he's I said, I plant this seed. That's expensive seed. I planted it in the morning and I wanted to make sure it was growing. I thought that seemed responsible. What did he say? He says, plant it and leave. The Lord will give it what it needs and it'll grow. That seems reckless to just sow it and leave it. No, you know, there's no security system on it. We don't put dogs out in the field to watch it and keep everybody from taking our little tiny seeds of corn out of the field. We just plant it. You know, most farmers that farm full-time, their like little window of vacation is while their crop is growing. That seems reckless. Put all that money into a piece of dirt and then leave and relax. And the Bible says, sleep and rise night and day, and he knoweth not how, but the seed grows. Risk. There's a lot of risk involved in this because you got a lot of front-end investment, and we don't know exactly what we can sell that for. And... We don't know if we're going to have a crop failure. Well, what do you mean a crop? It can't. Oh, it can fail. You can put all of your little seeds in the field and you can have a problem. It cannot rain. Or it can rain too much. There's all, or you can have all sorts of new and creative, exciting things that will kill your seed. I'm discovering new ones each year. There's a risk Now, how many of us would take on the risk associated with sowing the word? See, the enemy wants us to feel like taking God at his word and sowing the promises of God into our hearts and expecting a harvest on those promises is backing God into a corner. And Satan always directs our attention back to ourselves, doesn't he? How will it look? How many of you have ever had this thought? This is just an interesting, you don't have to raise your hands if you don't want to, but how many of us have had this thought How will it look if I believe God and I don't see it manifest? It's one thing to do it. What I like to do when I believe God, I take a promise of God, is I keep it to myself. Does anybody do this? I'll sow the promise of God like, well, I'm believing for healing, but I ain't going to tell anybody that. Because what if you don't see it? I'm going to believe God for provision, but I'm not going to tell anybody about it. I'm not going to, someone says, well, what are you, what do you do? Well, I'm believing God. Well, I'm not going to say that because what if he doesn't, right? This is the question. What if you believe God for something and you don't see it manifest? What if the corn don't grow and you got yourself struck? Well, who's the focus on there? Think about, I'm more worried about, like God's going to be fine, let's run a little scenario. If I believe God for healing my whole entire life, and some physical, natural thing kills my body, is God going to be fine? His reputation is relatively untarnished by what the world didn't see play out in my life. He's going to be fine. So who am I really worried about? I don't want to be the crazy guy. He was believing for healing, and he had some natural thing took him out. You know, at that point, it won't matter to me either. But in the natural, I'm like, I don't want to be seen... Why are we so wrapped up in ourselves? This is not the teaching, but why am I so wrapped? Why do we get so wrapped up in ourselves? Now, this is a, we're going to keep rolling through some scripture. Like I said, it's going to be a brief overview. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 through 11. See, the Lord makes sure that his word performs what it was sent for. Just like the Lord, not your seed corn company, makes sure that the corn does what it's supposed to. This is just an interesting side note. There's not one person on this planet that has been able to synthesize a reproducing seed. We can, make all, we can make things that look like seeds, smell like seeds, maybe even taste like seeds, but ain't nobody ever made one that does what a seed does. And you know, 
contrary to what a lot of people would probably try and tell you, no one really knows why it works. Did you know that? We, now, you could read a book about it, and they would explain with very big words that most of them don't understand why, how the seed works. But nobody actually understands how you take a seed that's been harvested for a long, long time. It's not like you took it right from the plant, the corn, and you stuck it in the ground. It's like harvested, dried. Todd could tell us a lot more about how the seed is cared for between harvest and planting. But there's a big passage of time. It's dead. This seed corn, no one feeds it. No one waters it. It just sits here in the bag. What happens when I put that seed in the soil and then wait? A little bit of moisture, a little bit of sunshine, some various nutrients, and all of a sudden, you've got a stalk of corn. How does that happen? Well, we call it germination. Okay, walk me through germination. No one knows. We don't understand it. God created this. I'm pretty excited about this. I changed where we're going to go. We're going to turn back to Genesis real quick. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. If you can follow along, Olivia, I'm sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit. This is when God explains through Moses seeds. Genesis chapter 1, picking up in verse 11, then God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And so he worked and worked and worked for days and days and days and spent a bunch of time in a lab. Oh no, it just says, and it was so. The Lord God said, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass. And then he goes on. He doesn't just say it was so. You know, that would be enough. If we were really good stewards of the word, you could just read, and it was so, and say, oh, that's what God said happened, should happen, just happened. But he explains, he does us a favor, and he explains in verse 12, the earth brought forth grass, and the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. God came up with seeds because he didn't want to have to create new crops every year. So he just put the seed in the crop so that when a plant bears fruit, it also produces what is needed for reproduction. Just so that it just keeps going, just keeps going, and it just keeps growing. This was God's idea. Isaiah 55 verses 10 and 11 reads, For the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth, making it produce and sprout, providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So will my word be. We could just stop right there. We're not going to, but so will my word be. My word will be just as how the rain and the snow come from heaven. They don't return there without watering the earth, making it produce and sprout, providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So will my word be, which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the purpose for which I sent it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's some of the best news. He's going to tend to it. He put the promise on it. He put the guarantee on it. You plan it. He guarantees it. You know, we don't need any crop insurance for this kind of crop. He guarantees it. He says, I'll tend to it. But what we have to do is just like what Todd was telling me this morning, you can't dig it up every night. Carry it back into the house and say, what's the matter, little seed? Just plant it and go to sleep. Go to work. Plant it. Go to sleep. Go to work, plant it, go to sleep, go to work, and plant it. I'm going to kind of unplug a little bit from this, and I just want to talk to you. Anybody in here believe God for something? You don't have to raise your hand. I believe you're all here on Sunday morning when it's 75 and sunny outside. I believe that this is the group of people that believe God for things. I think I connect with most of you in that we take this one little thing, and just like that digging it up we were talking about, we put all this attention on this one little seed, this one little promise of God. And then what we tend to do, or what I tend to do, and maybe this doesn't really relate to you guys, but I think it does, I'll take this one little promise of God. I'll draw a promise out of Psalm 91. 
and I'll, I'll believe God for it. I got this one little seed that I've sown in my heart, and I check on it every day for weeks. Oh, no, it's not growing. And then I look at my life, and I'm like, man, I was believing that no plague would draw near my dwelling. And then somebody got sick. What does the enemy immediately do? He says, see, it won't grow. It doesn't work. It didn't produce a harvest after its own kind. God's a liar. It doesn't work. You did something wrong. Maybe it's your misbehavior. Maybe your soil's junk. Something's wrong with you. God doesn't love you, or he's not real, or the word isn't true. Has anybody else ever had those? And Now, you don't say them audibly. I'm guessing this bunch of people doesn't spend a lot of time saying those words. But in your insides, you hear them. They're in the form of thoughts, and it's always in the first person. It's not, well, Isaac thinks that my soil's no good. It's you, begin, you question and you wonder and you doubt and you worry and fear. I'm not speaking that prophetically. I'm saying that that's more of a description of how sometimes we operate. Instead of sowing the seed, taking Isaiah 55, 10, and 11, sowing the seed, Jesus explained to his disciples and all that was around him, this is the seed. This right here represents this. These, in today's teaching, these are synonymous. A bag of seed, a bag of seed. This is eternal seed. This is carnal, natural seed. Seeds sown into your heart will produce a harvest. And you all have heard the saying, you know, we always think in the church it's seed time and harvest. We get, you know, times what, one syllable? It should have like 14 syllables. If seed is one and harvest is two, time should be about 14 syllables. Seed, time, and harvest. No one wants the time part. Let's just plant it and harvest it. Plant it and harvest it. Let's just plant it and live life. Plant the seed and take the Lord by the hand. Take Jesus by the hand. His hand is out to us. Take him by the hand and move on with life. We have learned, <clears throat> this is something the Lord is really, I can't find the spot that this should be because I want you guys to see the bag of seed. Can everyone see this? I keep moving it around. Kevin is the only one that cannot see the bag of seed corn. Something the Lord's really been dealing with me on, and it applies to church, it applies to this church family. As we're growing and learning, it applies to my heart and my life. I believe it applies to each of you guys individually and all sorts of facets of your life. That In our culture today, we have learned to despise the process of almost everything. You say, no, I don't despise the process. I just want my stuff faster. What I mean by despise the process isn't that we consciously resent process. It's a subconscious. But subconsciously, we're not okay with process. As a culture and a society, individually you may be, and I think we need to be growing that way, the process, walking with Jesus, the process is as important as the point. And that upsets some people to say that. He just wants to walk with us. How many of us in the cool of the day, you know we have the opportunity to walk with Jesus in the cool of the day today. But a lot of times in my cool of the day, I get wrapped up in myself and I don't really have time. And I tell the Lord, we'll sit and talk tomorrow. We'll walk and talk tomorrow. I'm very busy. Can't you see? I'm very busy. We have access to the cool of the day today. It's a process. You know, it's walking, going for a walk is a process. You know that? It's like, I would love it if it wasn't, but it's a process. It takes deciding to, preparing to, carrying it out, and then moving into the next thing. It's a process. And even on the walk, for me to walk to the back of this room is a process. Our culture has learned from the enemy to despise process. You see, all the potential for two to three thousand dollars is in this bag, but without planting it, you just have what you see a bag of seed. It's not growing right now. The seed is not growing. This bag of seed, if we leave it here for the next six months, will not produce a harvest. It will look exactly like it does right now in six months' time.
I take this, I put it on my shoulder, and I carry it around, and I look the part. I've got the Word of God. I'm holy rolling Christian. I've got the Word of God. I got Maybe I put it on my desk at work, just so that everyone, it's kind of a silent declaration, like, hey, I'm a Christian, just so you know. This does very little, just carrying it around. In fact, at some point, it becomes awkward. Like, what is he doing? But if you take the truths of the Word of God, the promises of the Word of God, as Jerry shared several weeks ago after our discussion time or whatever, just take one and plan it. Take another one and plan it. Just keep planting the promises of the Word of God in your heart. You don't even have to carry this around with you. Just plant them in your heart and let them grow, and you'll change the world. You'll change your world. This seed will stay not growing, not yielding, and actually decreasing. i got to read this so I get it right. Decreasing potential value with each passing day. Well, that doesn't, that, I thought that would go over about like that. Decreasing in value, how is that possible? Now, the seed, no one's taking the seed. If, so if I plant this today, it has some potential. If I wait and plant it tomorrow, it still has a lot of potential. No one's taking the seed out of this bag. No one's taking your word, the word of God and drawing words out of it. So, hey, you don't have that promise anymore. You don't have access to that promise anymore. It's not like that. All it is is The static potential is still contained in the seed, but our ability to realize that value decreases as the planting window closes. So there's zero condemnation, and the Lord will redeem all things for sure. But if you start reading the Word of God at 85 years old, so in small uh, amounts, Everyone in here maybe want to take issue with it and say, well, what do you mean? The Lord can redeem it. If you don't start reading the Bible until you're 35 or sowing the Word of God in your heart until you're 35, you're not going to have any more or any less of a harvest than if you start at 30. In a five-year span, we like to argue about that. It's like details, details. But sometimes if you uh, magnify something, it becomes easier to see. We all realize it's not because God is angry with anybody, not because he's withholding his promise, that if we start sowing the seed at 10 years of age and another person starts sowing the seed at 85, the potential harvest is greater in the 10-year-old. And it's not, I'm not mad at God for that. He's not withholding blessing from the guy that started sowing at 85. When you magnify something, it's easier to see. We have the opportunity. This, see, none of this is an obligation, This is a big, big truth, and I'm wound about this. This is not an obligation. You can inherit three acres of dirt and do nothing with it your entire life. And you know what? Whoever gave it to you is not upset with you. Because if you inherited it, they're gone. They're not like, oh, you did what? I did nothing. No one's, you can buy, you could go to Roop Seed or some other seed company. You could buy a bag of seed, take it home, and put it on your garage shelf. And no one where you bought it would be even the least bit upset with you. They're not going to be angry with you. You could buy a pallet of seed. It would be expensive. And you could just put it in your garage. I just want to have the seed. But we all know that the more you plant it, see, a season, a grow, we get, you know, however many growing seeds. I was talking about this with a farmer the other day. You know, a brain surgeon, they can practice a specific brain surgery, whatever, a hundred times a day. Like one little step in the surgery. When you go to brain surgery school, which I've never been to, believe it or not, you get to practice and you practice and practice and practice and practice and practice. And if any of you had to go in for brain surgery, would you want someone that said, I've done like 40 of them and about 15 of them were considered failures, but I'd be happy to try again. But that's about, that's how agriculture, think about it. If you start farming, you start farming a piece of ground when you're 20 years old and you farm it until you're 70. That's only 50 growing seasons. And you know, some of them aren't going to work out. They're just not. It's not anything you did wrong. It's just timing, rain, sunshine, all those variables. It's like, yeah, we just got it kind of wrong. Yeah, you can be an expert farmer, but you've probably still only raised 30 to 50 crops. Who is an expert at something after 30 times? No one. 
I've run a lot more than 30 times, and I would not consider myself even an enthusiast in running. Certainly not an expert. Growing things, those seasons, the growing season with each year that passes, that growing season passes in my life. If I chose not to plant any crops this year, I would have no harvest from 2021. Farming, I'm talking agriculturally. In the same, each day that passes, we just miss, it's, a, it's just an opportunity. It's not an obligation. God's not angry at you if you choose not to plant it. It's, we just have an opportunity to plant it and grow a harvest and reap a harvest. And if we don't, we just aren't going to reap the harvest. But what we happen to do, thank you, Jerry, what we happen to do is we talk about, just as I shared in the skit with Todd this morning, plant a couple of seeds, and then we start declaring that it won't grow. And those declarations lead to further action, and I'm like, I'm not even going to try and plant this bag of seed. I'm just going to carry the thing around. Just going to carry it around. I'm not going to believe for anything. I'm not going to sow it, because I got those half a dozen things that I tried, and I didn't see it instantly, and so I began declaring that it doesn't work over my life. Ours is not to understand the process or the how. Rather, it is to believe in the process. Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 29 reads, And he was saying, The kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil, and he goes to bed at night and gets up daily, and the seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know. The soil produces the crops by itself. First the stalk, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. Now when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. We possess today the greatest seed known to mankind, the Word of God. And we carry very productive soil with us everywhere we go. Our hearts are fertile and ready to produce a standing, growing crop of something. And the world and the enemy are happy to sow into us if we allow it. Seeds of discontentment, seeds of worry, seeds of strife, discord, anger, lust, slander, fear, distraction, and the list goes on. But just as no one has ever happened upon a nice, clean, orderly field of corn just growing all by itself, so our hearts will not reproduce the Word of God without intentional planting of the Word. I want to read that last little bit again. Just as we all know, if you drive by a field of corn, not a single person in here is like, wow, that field of corn just happened all on its own. That, I mean, even just to say that, you're all like, okay, that's, yeah, we know somebody. Do you know that someone plants every field of corn you see? Because if you do a poor job of harvesting your corn, the following year you'll get to see what just naturally happens. It's volunteer corn, and it doesn't look very pretty, and it doesn't bring forth a harvest. Every field of corn that we see this spring growing was planted by someone that was believing for a harvest. And the same in our lives. If we choose not to plant, our fields will look like a mess. Our hearts, they'll just grow whatever is scattered into them. And the enemy's happy to sow. The enemy's happy to sow. We are... Naive to think that the enemy is not aware of sowing and reaping. The entire universe functions on the principles of sowing and reaping. The enemy's aware of how it works, and he loves to sow discord. I want to show just a little example. The enemy takes what the, Lord, the Lord's principles... You remember the story of Joseph? So, and he tells his brothers at the end of Joseph's life... We talked about this in depth a few months ago. He tells his brothers at the end of his life, what does he say? Or at the end of the whole story about them, you know, they're re reconciling together, and he says, no, 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 you guys need to calm down. What the enemy meant for evil, the Lord used for good. See, I needed to be here to make all these connections so that the children of Israel can be a nation. This was, yes, the enemy meant it for evil, and you all played along. But the Lord was doing something through all of that. Remember, everybody remember that story? And so, there's a, there's a principle that the enemy loves to pervert God's ideas. Is everybody aware of this? 
God will give us something and the enemy will twist it and take it and pervert it. Give you an example. The enemy knows that words are seeds and that seeds grow and seeds reproduce. How many of you turn on the news lately? Praise the Lord, not a hand goes up. (laughs) If you look at the news, if you turn the news on, what do you see? You see people saying, hey, uh, in, the, in the town of Pettisville, there was a handful of people that were struggling. They had some difficulties, and the community came in, and they helped them with this. And then in Toledo, there was a mother that was really struggling to make the rent, and uh, just some neighbors randomly helped. And this is the headline news. No! The news is shootings and killings and bad, evil stuff. Why? We know in 1 John, the Bible says that the enemy sways the entire earth. There's a sway on it. He's aware. This words are seeds and seeds reproduce. So how can he reach as many people as he can? The news. Let's get them sowing evil. And what happens? It reproduces magically. It's a seed. He's aware of this and it works. We're the ones that aren't aware of it. That was not condemnation. I don't mean that. It's like we and the church were... We're like, I don't know if the word of God really works. I read a book one time about a guy that was a missionary a long, long ways away, and it kind of worked for him, but I... Have you planted it? You read a book about somebody, about somebody that planted it, and it kind of worked for them. Let's just plant the word of God. I'm just, I'm so excited about this revelation. The enemy loves to pervert things, but you know that what the enemy means for evil, the Lord will turn for good. In this life, you will have trouble. But that's not the promise. Take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. Again, we possess the greatest seed known to mankind, the Word of God, and we carry very productive soil with us everywhere that we go. I have another bag of seed over there. I'm not sure. Does everybody have a couple more minutes? A few people? No one's like jumping up and down, but we're going to do it anyways. So, this is one other, this is just another principle in this overview that I want to talk about. I do. I should find a farmhand. So this is also corn. Do you think this bag here has the same potential that that bag does? I just shout it out. It's not like a trick question. The obvious would be a No. Now, there's seeds in here, and these seeds can grow, but we know that there's more seeds in there. What I have found, this is just a little, a little thing, a testimony in my heart. I've farmed like this more than I've farmed like this. And I'm obviously, metaphorically speaking, in my time in the Word. I do a lot more farming like this. You know, the Lord's not angry with me if this is my bag of seed that I take to the field. There's no condemnation. Romans 8, chapter 1, chapter 8, verse 1 is still true. There is therefore no condemnation for any man that's in Christ. So who loses if, I, if, this, is my, if this is my seed that I'm planting? Who, who loses? I'm just missing opportunity. It's like I can sow this and it'll grow and Jesus isn't upset with me. I'll reap a harvest off of this. But I have enough seed to plant the whole thing. I can plant the whole thing. And the last thing I want anyone to hear this morning is condemnation. I'm excited about this because it's a principle in the Word of God and it always works. Like I said, Isaiah chapter 55 says, So my word will be. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire. I am learning this, church. This is not a, I am the master farmer, do like me. I am learning, okay? Everyone understand that. This is, I don't have everything figured out. But I do see the results of this in my life. The hardest, you know the hardest part, I just want to tell you a little testimony. The hardest part for me with this, and everybody will have different stories or whatever, but the hardest part for me is to just leave it alone. I struggle with that. I plant it and I'm like, I got to go dig it up. I got to go see, is it growing? Is it growing? Is my life, is it any different? And I spend all my time digging the seeds up instead of living my life and just planting. Just sow the seed. The sower sows the word. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 talks about 
it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. There's a lot in that word saved. And it's not just grace and it's not just faith. And this principle that we're talking about, and I don't have time to do this whole thing this morning. We're going to keep talking about this. I'm not even stressed the least that I'm not getting everything out today because we got more Sundays of spring here. But I do want to get this out because I think there can be, it, this can be misconstrued as works. Can, everybody can kind of hear how it's like, well, I didn't plant enough, so I don't have any harvest. Is that kind of, like, and I spent some time, and I spoke with Jerry just a little bit this morning about it. I've spent several years trying to discern the difference between things that God provides for free and things that I have to sow to reap a harvest of. Now, maybe that doesn't make sense to you. I'll probably explain it several times throughout this thing. And what the Lord really has shown me over the last several years, bits and pieces and individuals that have spoke little truths here and little truths there that's like, oh, it, you know, it trips your understanding to grasp something. It gets the seed under the surface of the soil. Is that you were born with soil. Every human being on earth has soil. Every human being on earth has soil. You were given seed. Grace. It's available. Because no one earned this seed. We didn't earn these promises no one in this room has earned these. No one in this room has earned a bag of seed. It's by grace that we have access. Faith, and this fits so neatly into agriculture, it is by faith that you plant the seed. Because you see, we all know that there's been crop failures, but each year, all of us that farm, we go spend our life savings on seed and fertilizer and everything, and we go plant it again. Planting is an act of faith. It's choosing to believe that the seed in the bag will grow. Faith for us as believers is choosing to believe Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. I believe that it's going to work. I believe that it's going to grow. I believe that it's going to grow. So I'll plant it. Keep sowing and I'll keep planting. And it's not a work. It's a reaction to his action. Does that make sense? Does everybody, is everybody kind of track that? That it's not, this isn't a works-based thing. And I think a lot of times, especially in the circles of, I'll say grace circles, we get wrapped up and not doing anything. And there is a rest in this. Like I said, you plant the seed and then he sleeps and rises night and day. There's a rest involved. This is all, about, we operate from a position of rest. It's not on us to make the seed grow. See, if it was a work, then it would be like, how's, how's everybody's seed growing? If your seed's not growing, it's on you. No. There's a rest. Plant the seed. He tends to it. He cares for it. He has a guarantee on it. He, all's we're doing, what we're talking about this morning, and what I'm really excited about as we step into the springtime season, is just taking God at his word. And many of you are sitting there thinking, and maybe you're sitting there thinking, man, I was really hoping for some revelation this morning, and this is pretty, you know, it's just regular old stuff. I believe for me, most of my walk with Jesus is about being reminded of things than it is new and explosive and exciting. I love new and exciting things. But it's the simple things. There's nothing flashy. If anyone was to drive by my house when I'm planting my corn, no one would stop. No one would stop like, oh, look at that planter from the 70s. Todd would be the only one in this room that would stop. He would be like, hey, people are not amazed. It's an old, very simple corn planting system. It just plants the seed. All it does is it takes the seed from a little hopper and it sticks it in the ground. That's all it does. This walk of faith, we want it to be flashy, don't we? Shiny and explosive and, and dramatic. And we've got, and it's just simple. Just put the seed in the soil. And not in, there's no condemnation on that. Even if it might, you might have imagined some in my voice there. This is not a, this is an opportunity. 
What we're talking about this morning is not an obligation. Absolutely zero obligation on this. It's 100% opportunity. That's how gifts work. This is a free gift. We have the opportunity to sow this into our lives. But I promise you that if you sow it into your life, you will begin to see it grow. That I can guarantee because he'll water it. He will tend to it. Just like, again, contrary to what the seed salesman may tell you, your seed company does not make your seed grow. <laughs> no matter how much you spend on it. The Lord makes it grow. Even, your nat- even this natural seed corn, it's not the seed corn company that makes it grow. Doesn't matter what the bag of seed costs. It's the Lord that makes it grow. He brings the increase. He brings the increase in our lives. He will provide the increase on this. If we sow the word of God into our hearts and we sleep and rise night and day, knowing not how, it will grow. Like Todd said in our skit this morning, I don't know exactly how it works, but the Lord will provide everything the seed needs. The Lord will provide everything the seed needs. If you sow this into your heart, one, one aspect of this that I continue to see, if you intentionally plant something, if you do it on purpose, plant the Word of God in your life, you'll see in a matter of not that long, the Lord sends someone to water it. You'll see, you'll, it'll be a conversation with someone you haven't seen in years or someone that you see every day, one, one or the other extreme, and there'll be a word, and it's like, oh, I think I felt that seed grow. Has anyone experienced that? It's the little thing. It's not like necessarily a deluge of water. It's just a little word or a little encouragement or a look or seeing somebody and they smile at you and you feel that seed start to grow. I'm excited. Over the next four weeks, we're going to dig into these four types of soil. We're going to see what the Lord reveals to us in our hearts. And we're going to look into unlocking the yield potential that is in this book. These are eternally valuable seeds. We're going to look at what it looks like to grow and mature and produce a 30, 60, and 100-fold return. I'm telling you, church, the Lord is faithful. 100% of the time, He is faithful. Let's pray, and then we can all take off. Thank you, Father, so much for today. I thank you for springtime. Lord, I thank you for the hope that is represented in the bag of seed corn. Thank you for the hope that is represented in the seed of your word. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that we have that you don't say, no, no, you're disqualified. You can't sow this seed. But that you've made it available by grace to each of us. That, so, that we have access to sowing it in our hearts. Thank you that it's never too late to sow. That you are redeeming our lives from the pit. You are redeeming our decisions. That you are taking what the enemy means for evil and you are making it good. Father, I thank you that you are positioning the body of this body of Jesus Christ, that you are positioning this church, individuals within this church, to make an impact, making disciples everywhere that we go. Thank you that they are sowing the word of God in their hearts. I see it, Father. I see nice, neat rows of corn growing in individuals' lives in this family. Father, I thank you that you are tending to it, that you are faithful, that you love us, Father, I just pray a blessing over us as we go from this place. And I thank you that you go with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.